experienced grace in the last few days? Who's got a testimony? And uh, how have you experienced grace? Good. Let us hear it. <laughs> so I wasn't here last Wednesday because I had to um, unexpectedly. That's right, Ethan, give me the mic back. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what it is. He thinks he has jokes now that I'm up here is what it is. I got jokes. And grace is that I did not hit my pastor tonight, but grace. I'm just totally grace. kidding. I would never. <laughs> grace. Oh, the I jokes. I experienced grace right there, right? You, and you I just did. showed it by not yeah. sassing me with that. You're fun. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so last week I wasn't here because I got called into work and it was very tempting to be incredibly frustrated because I don't miss services often and I don't like missing services. And so I had a very fun flesh reaction of not being thrilled. And I <laughs> sent out a message to the ELT, which was frustrated, I know. And then I called um, Nicole and left her a long voicemail or Deb or I left somebody a voicemail that wasn't happy. And then all the way to Charlotte, because um, we had to pick up cars uh, for Enterprise and all the way to Charlotte, um, I was so irritated and George is texting me like how to calm down like that's great thank you sweetheart I love you a whole <laughs> lot and so I turned my phone over and I was so mad and I looked up at the clouds and it was completely dark on the left hand side but on the right side there was just nothing but beams of sun that were hitting our car exactly and followed us the entire way to Charlotte like no matter where we turned like beams of sun just shone through the sky and it was immediately a I've called you to be here you need to be here right now I love you watch this and so not only did it show us the entire way there but my boss and I ended up having this amazing talk about what's going on with her life and God but through that whole thing there was just this great big light that was just shining just that go. calmed me right down so that's it was awesome. cool that is that's grace who else who else oh I thought Brandon was jumping up <laughs> I was like we're experiencing it right now Brandon's getting up <laughs> Jokes. I got some. <laughs> I got some. <laughs> Who else? Who's experienced grace? Come on, a couple more. I know you have. And don't be shy. Time to give God the glory. Okay. There you go. Uh, I try to sit back because I always come up here. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, so. Just hold it up here. It was really cool. I'm already loud, so. I've learned <laughs> that on Voxer I've got to hold it like this, so I'm not that loud. <laughs> anyway. Sometimes on accident I forget, but um, it's really cool how God has shown me as a rose that I'm I'm opening up. But um, by His grace, He get, it. It's awesome because recently, in the past um, a few days back, He showed me. You know, I don't have disabilities in my physical body or anything, and this is a big deal. Um, so it's not something that I normally think on. But um, I was engaging with somebody else that does, and just by listening to this person, I was like, oh, my God, God. I never say, oh, my God, unless I'm talking to God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, well, thank you that, you know, I don't have a disability that I have to get over to even try to be more like you. That's grace to me. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and, he, and opening my eye to see that because I don't deal that with is. it daily. But it's there. You know, I don't have that hurdle. So that, that's one of the biggest gift. things. That yeah. is grace. That is God. Amen. Praise God. Who else? One more. 
Uno mas. Come on, JD. He's, he's zooming it. Everybody's duck. My question is, with Sherman ducking back there, was he really out of sight, or did it just look like he was ducking all the way back down the down the roof? <laughs> For me, my grace was um, you. When I we had lunch the other day, um, I missed Sunday service. And it, for me, I, as, as I told him, it was, I felt terrible. I felt terrible the whole day, not only in my spirit, but for my flesh. It was just a terrible, you know, terrible, terrible thing. And me and him had a chance to have lunch together. And he was just like, he looked at me and said, um, how did it make you feel? And I said, I felt like crap. I really, I really felt like crap. And he said, about missing the about, service. About mi yeah, missing the service, not being here, missing the blessings that everybody probably received. And I didn't get mine. And he's like, make you not do it again, won't it? And I said, yes, you're right. And for me, that that was just a that was my grace. That's what I got from it because that was God telling me He still loved me, yeah. that He was still there for me. That no matter where He goes, or excuse me, where I go, He's there with me. And yeah. I, I I take that from that's that's what my Amen. Well, and you bring up a good point: is that grace uh, doesn't always have to happen by yourself. Uh, grace actually from God comes through people as well. Matter of fact, that's a large portion of how he affects us because it's a part of the gospel so um well let's get going tonight and uh, i do this is one of those messages that I, i'm really going to encourage you go back listen to this again grab the notes boomerangchurch.org slash notes you if you got something phone or tablet or whatever you can grab them right now go over these meditate on these scriptures you're going to want to uh, this, what I started with reality, reality check on Sunday, it was really surface level. I mean, I was just given the snapshot. There's a lot more detail in it. I'm going to give you some more of that detail tonight. It's really something that the Lord opened up my eyes to uh, just a week ago, right as Jim came, the day Jim came into town, he started showing me stuff, and then Jim uh, just started pouring out on it. We'll get back to relationships and marriage. I was actually planning on doing that tonight. And uh, I just, in my spirit, it was like, no, you're not supposed to do that tonight. And I didn't know what it was. So about an hour ago, he gave me this. So you can be as impressed as I do at the number of notes that's there in the last hour. But uh, I was like, dude, this is, wow, awesome. So, but take some time and look at this because um, meditate on this. Go over it. Listen to this message again. You're going to get something out of it. There's more here than you're going to hear the first time. So uh, let's turn to Hebrews 11.1. 1, same scriptures we used the other day. And um, Lord, we just thank you so much for this evening. Lord, we, Father, we just praise you for being able to come together, fellowship together, share testimonies one with another, Lord, grow in who you are. Not just grow in your word, but grow in who you are. You, the real you, the personality, the person. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to grow in your grace, to grow in your love, to grow in your mercy, your faith, your hope. Lord, thank you for growing us up in Jesus' name. We praise you for it. Thank you for ability to do that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the very first point is there are two basic realities. One is the flesh reality, and one is 
the Spirit. And these are realities, okay? This is one of the big points I want you to get tonight. There's, uh, let, let me put it this way. There's two worlds. One's the flesh, one's the Spirit. It's two realities. Very real, both of them. One trumps the other, okay? The Spirit trumps flesh. When something is changed in the Spirit, it's going to produce and manifest in the flesh. Or another way to see it is that the Spirit reality is the root of the flesh. That's how you can be healed when you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Then the root is the Spirit. And when we apply faith and we receive it, then it becomes a reality in the physical world or in the flesh world. So you see these two realities uh, pretty clearly here in Hebrews 11, 1 and verse 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So right off the bat it says this is the evidence of things not seen. In other words, we're talking about two different things. Things that can be seen and things that can't be seen. Things that can be seen is the flesh or the physical, and things that can't be seen is the spiritual. Two realities. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God so that what is seen here in the flesh reality was not made by things which were visible. It was made by things which were invisible, it was made in the spirit realm. That's what it's saying. So there again, you see very clearly the two realities of the flesh or the physical and the spiritual. Two worlds, two realities. I'll read this again in the message. Just listen to this. Um, uh, you know, take your, just hear this. Hear what he's saying right here in the message. Close your eyes, hear it. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything. It's the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. By faith, verse 3, by faith we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. So you have very clearly in here these two realities. And then in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18, it says this, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Now, uh, let, me, let me just break here, do a short rabbit trail, and just throw this in here because this is important. No matter what you're going through, and, and, and here's, it, it really doesn't matter what you're going through, everything you're going through falls under this verse. And the reality of God's truth says that it's a momentary light affliction. Now the devil would want to make that a lot bigger in your head. And a lot of times he gets us out of whack and out of, watch this, out of this reality while he blows up in your head what's in this flesh reality. So he gets you out of the spiritual if he can blow up, magnify what's in the flesh. 
Now, when the world, when God says, when the world says, oh, that's a huge, big, 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 big problem. I don't know how you put up with him. I don't know how you put up with her. You know, I don't know where that money's coming from. You're going downhill. Your, your life is coming to an end. This is, this is fatal. This is a terminal disease. When the world blows that up, here's what God says. In, in a reality that trumps this one. In the spiritual reality, he says, this is a momentary light affliction. Now here's the question. Which one should you believe? Because I can guarantee you there'll be somebody watching that right now they're going through something and they feel like their world's falling apart. And what I'm telling you is not making light of what you're going through. What I'm, well, I sort of am. I'm sort of telling not you, but I'm telling the problem, your light. Okay? But I'm telling you, the reason why I'm telling you that way is I, that should give you hope. Because if God says it's momentary and light, that means that you're able to handle that. You couple that with Second uh, Corinthians ten thirteen or First Corinthians ten thirteen, where it says you can handle every temptation. And you wouldn't be going through it if you couldn't handle it. Okay, that's what that verse says. Then all of a sudden, you couple that with momentary and light, and you can handle this. All of a sudden, this big, huge problem that a few seconds ago you thought was huge. You start focusing on the truth of who God is, the truth of His grace, the truth of the spiritual reality, you start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. So it's not trying to dis demean what you're feeling. It's trying to demean uh, the length of time that you will stay there. Does that make sense? I want, uh, I want, and I would say easily, God wants you to come out of a fleshly, overbearing situation as fast as you possibly can. Okay. And move into the reality that God says, momentary and light. Alright, so verse 17 again, 2 Corinthians 4.17, For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Verse 18, While we look not at the things which are seen in the flesh physical reality, but at the things which are not seen in the spiritual reality. For the things which are seen are temporal, and the things which are not seen are eternal. Alright, so that means this in the flesh, physical realm, they're passing away. It's constantly changing. But the things in this reality, the spiritual reality, they are everlasting. They're eternal. So which one should we be concerned with? Which one should we be working in and managing in and, and focusing on? The spiritual truths, the spiritual reality, not the physical. But yet, listen, we are taught from the time we are, we are just a baby, can't even talk yet, to start paying attention to this flesh, to start paying attention to this physical reality. And we're basically taught as we grow up in, in the world that this spiritual reality is not even there, that it's not real. You know, that it's, you know, the schools right now and everything, it's focused on getting you to look away from that and just pay attention to your flesh. You know, if I, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. Well, that's not faith. What, what are they trying to do? They're trying to get you out of faith. They're trying to get you out of the support 
that will cause the manifestation of God's goodness in the flesh. Well, and it's not just, I mean, they're, they're deceived in that, but it's not just them. This has been a plan and a deceiving plan from the beginning. Okay? Constantly. This is the same thing that the devil did in the garden. Tried to get them to focus on the flesh instead of focusing on the reality of the Spirit. So then, uh, but can you see in these first few verses, there are two realities. All right? And Ephesians, last one, Ephesians 6, verse 11 through 13. Put on the full armor of God, and these are just a few that just stuck out to me, so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not in this reality. It's not in the flesh reality. It's not in the physical reality. That is not where your struggle is. So let me go back to the person that's in pain, right? Right now, what you're feeling, I'm not denying that you're feeling it, but I'm telling you the reality and the base of that pain is not what you're fighting against in the flesh. You're not fighting it in the flesh. The base of what you're fighting is in the spirit, where it says it's against rulers. Uh, Abigail, uh, let's not put all of those verses. Let's do one at a time. So uh, we're putting up, it says our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Now when you take up the armor of God, are you taking up something fleshly and physical? No, you're taking up something spiritual. So you're taking up a reality in the Spirit so that you can stand firm. And if you're not taking it up, you're not going to stand firm. And if you try to take up armor in this fleshly reality, it's not going to work. And if it does work, it's only temporal. It's only temporary. It's a band-aid. And not a good one. It's one of those that you bought at the wrong store and it falls off five minutes later because the sticky is all bad because they didn't pay 3M to get the right kind of sticky. They need a better adhesive. It doesn't work. It doesn't last. It's temporal. What you see, it's temporary. It's temporal. I know Stephen appreciated the 3M comment. That's chemistry speaking. <laughs> speech. So, all right. So, do you see the two realities? The spiritual reality and the flesh or physical reality. Can you see them clearly in these scriptures that there are two? Now, you, let me ask you this question. Up until you started really learning who you are in God, how many were you really paying attention to? One. And which one? All flesh. All right, let me ask you this question. Don't answer this. How many are you paying attention to right now? Better and better at one. <laughs> better and better at one. Keep working. And and let me answer the let me let me answer for you. Probably better than you used to, but not as good as you think you are. That's probably a really truthful... In other words, there's probably a whole lot about paying attention to the Spirit and living by the Spirit you know, we don't even know yet. 
But we're learning. We're growing. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's look at this, John 4, 24. And what I want to look at is, uh, it says this, God is a spirit. God is spirit. All right. So which reality is he in? Spiritual reality. And those that worship him must worship him. In other words, those that interact with him must interact in spirit. In which reality? The spiritual reality. In other words, if I try to react... Now, this, you're going to get light bulbs right here. If I try to interact with God in the fleshly reality, is it going to work? So I can pray really loud. I can worship and dance really big. Right? Does that mean I'm connecting with God? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. So in other words, we've got to connect in a different way, in a, in, in a different reality. It is. Amen. Okay. Moving on. Genesis one twenty seven. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So when he created man, did he create you in the fleshly reality first? Or did he create you in the spiritual reality? Which one are you first? And we know that we're spirit beings. We're spirit beings first. Matter of fact, before the fall, Adam and Eve operated pretty much wholly in... The spiritual reality. Then the curse came because of their sin. And at that point, they realized there was another reality. Because of what tree did they eat from? Tree of knowledge. And of good and evil. Right? All of a sudden, they had another reality that they didn't even really recognize was there before. And they started operating in a secondary Lower priority, reality. That's when they noticed that they were naked. Naked. All right, so, but before that, they were covered with the glory of God. They were covered with His spirit, in the spiritual reality. And then they were unredeemed at that time. And then it says that Jesus redeemed us, Right? So when he redeemed us, what did he redeem us to? Was it to stay in the fleshly reality or to go back and live in the spiritual reality? Go back. But how many of us are actually doing that? And this is a lot of why we haven't been experiencing the fullness of God and the fullness of his grace that we should. Okay, so, and you are three parts. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body, or your spirit man, the soulish man, or the mind, will, and emotions, and your body, the flesh man, the physical man, be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, how many parts, I know that many of y'all know this, but how many parts is man con, does man consist of? Three. 
spirit, soul, and body. There's a lot of people in the church that have no idea about that. And they certainly don't know how they, how they work together. So, um, but you have those three parts. But which one are you first? Spirit. Okay, so I need three volunteers. Let's have Jeff too. <laughs> Come on, Alright, so here's what I want you to do. Alright, you got spirit is green, flesh is red, and the soul is purple. Okay? I want you to draw three circles. Okay? Three circles representing each one. So if you drew yourself as those three circles, how would you draw it? And y'all can't watch. So look that way. How I see myself now or how I... How would you draw it if you were to draw spirit, soul, and body with three circles? we got some collaboration going. Got some no peeking going. We, we got... That was awesome. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to keep them from not seeing because I want them to all be up here. But that's a, No, 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 that's good. All right. Here. All right, Jeff. Spirit, soul... No, spirit, spirit, soul, body. There you go. I'll draw mine smaller. Okay. All right. No, I, I erased it. I'll draw it smaller. So everyone has one. Okay. All right. So I got to draw it. That's fine. Yeah, just draw it there. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll do this. Draw it in that quadrant. Okay, good. All right. No, no, just hold up. All right. I want you to just remember how you did that. Okay. All right. Next. All right. Spirit. Can I look? Yeah, you can look. Spirit, soul, body. Can I draw two pictures? Because I got two pictures. That's fine. Just pick one of those quadrants. Mm-hmm. No, that's the body. Okay. Don't look. Oh, y'all can look. Yeah, y'all. They can look. Okay. Then we're down. Peanut gallery. That's one. Huh? This is interesting. I'm really enjoying the different. Yeah. <laughs> so anybody who's listening to this, we're just drawing random ones, and then I'll explain them after they're all up on the board. So, 
All right, let's erase those. Remember how you did it, okay? I want you to put up when I, all right, I want you to put up the exact drawing that you did it the first time once. Go ahead, Barrett. Spirit, soul, body. No, just in, in one of the quadrants. So now y'all redraw the ones that you did exactly the way that you did it. Go ahead. <laughs> and pass her the purple one when you're done. Yeah, you can, once you're done. Yep, Barrett, thank you. Awesome. Okay, so we, what we have is we have four, four or five different drawings here of spirit, soul, and body. And I'll try to explain them. Let's go with uh, Jeff's first. What would you call this? Um, concentric circles on top of each other? That be a good way to describe it? All right. So on the body, he on the bottom he has spirit as a large circle, and over top of that, like raised up above it, he has the soul, and then that's a little bit smaller than the spirit, kind of. So they kind of look like they're in a triangle, and then on the top of that is uh, the flesh or the body, and that's the smallest uh, circle. And he has some dashed lines that are connecting the edges of it. So how would you? Uh, and people that are watching can see this. If you're listening to the audio of this, go watch the video. Um, so how would you describe that? Why did you draw it that way? Well, the, your spirit is the underlying part. That's, you said that's the part we are first. That's the part that kind of rules the other two. So it is obviously the foundational piece. It's the larger piece. Okay. And then um, the soul, which is your mind and emotions, correct? Yep. Is, is sort of a subset of that. And then, you know, just the tip of the iceberg is the flesh, which, so, you know, they're kind of in hierarchical order. So the spiritual being the foundational piece and the flesh being just that, the last in the line, so to speak. Okay, awesome. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Miss Priscilla. The spirit in the middle? And let me, let me oh, give yeah. a, okay. she has two drawings. We'll go, which one do you want to do first? The top left. This one? Okay. Yeah. 
So on the outside, a big circle, she has the flesh. In the middle circle, it looks like a target with the body on the outside, the soul, mind, the soul, mind, will, and emotions in the middle, and then on, in the very center, she has the spirit. You just explained it. <laughs> that one. Good job. Why did <laughs> you draw it like one, that? That that's why, because the flesh, you're, you're a spirit, but your flesh covers as we're walking in, in this earth, and then it, your soul is the purple right in the middle, and then your spirit. The other one is the, the other one three. is three circles that are linked together. Um, they look like they're yeah, like Olympic rings kind of hooked together. All three of them equally uh, linked. Oh, so. they're a, cl a cluster kind of connect. Everyone is touching the other because one affects the other, um, and also it's it's just a reminder to me, you know, how there's uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just okay. All right, let's let Barrett. So here, it's almost like Olympic rings, except instead of being off-center, one up, one down, one up, one down, they're all three in a line. And you have on the left, the spirit, in the middle, the soul, and on the right, the body, all equal size circles. So for me, a lot of this had to do with the sermon series that we did, The Three-Part Man. And I remembered, and I was actually talking about this today to somebody, but I remembered talking about how the flesh uh, and the spirit, they're unchanging. The spirit is always ruled by God. The flesh is something that is always after the world. But the soul is in the middle, and the soul is something that's determined by what we input ourselves with. So the soul could be very well linked to the flesh if we allow it to be, but the soul can also be linked to the spirit if that's what we feed it to be. The spirit and the flesh, we can make the flesh do what we want to with them when we put it down, but they're ruled by very opposite things innately until we submit the flesh to cause it. So that's why I had them all linked in that manner because the soul could be pulled either way. But that's why. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and Deb. And she has, uh, it looks like uh, an egg, really, uh, with the spirit on the outside. Uh, in On the inside is the middle ring is probably half the size, the soul. And then the smallest, uh, looking like the yoke, I guess, would be the flesh inside the soul, which is inside the spirit. Stephen says, I like deviled eggs. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's where your that's brain it. went. That's it. The red's paprika. <laughs> We're done. I understand. Um, I put the spirit on the outside because I've actually um, felt myself and experienced or witnessed in other people um, a shining of the spirit on the outside. So for myself, I see my spirit almost as if I'm clothed in my spirit, yep. um, that my flesh sort of resides within a better way, I guess, there's no other way to put it, kind of within a bubble of a spirit or a, a glory, almost. Yep. Um, and my mind, will, and emotions sort of live between the existence of my spirit on the outside and the flesh um, that I have to deal with on the inside. Amen. So that that's good. I like all of those. And, and I have the, you know, I knew I was going to ask this question. I've also been thinking on this uh, question for about two weeks. Somebody asked me this question. Actually, uh, Breakfast Ed, Ed that was here during gym. And um, 
he asked me this question. I went, what a great question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. I didn't know I'd be using it in this message. But anyway, I'll have to tell him about this so he can see it. So let me ask this before we go any further. I want to ask you, all right, pick right now which one you think is the best. Which one do you relate to the most? And uh, when you got your an answer, raise your hand. The one that you relate to the most. Okay. And then I want to just poll which one. All right. And I need I need quick counting here. Who relates to this one the most? Jeff, you better raise your hand. <laughs> All right. It's two. All right. This one. Two. This one. That's okay. She drew two. All right. This one, let's count those, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and this one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, okay, and I do, I would fall in line with that one as well. All right, so I think there's actually some good points in each one of these, but I want to show you something. This is, uh, Watch this. Do you remember there was a few weeks ago uh, where we had an incident right up here where somebody was basically had some demonic uh, activity? And one of the statements was that J.D. said, I ran into a wall of the anointing and presence of God. Right? Do you remember that, J.D.? Yep. All right. So here's the question. So that was coming down through God, from God through my spirit out. Now, I couldn't feel anything, but at the same time, he felt that. Now, was that in my body or outside my body? All right, so which one am I going to erase here? All right, so I'm going to erase that for now. And that, that one actually is where we have a lot of the biggest, that's the way we see it. We see the flesh as number one because it comes in contact with everything, Okay. So a lot of times that's exactly where we're sitting. And that's why we have problems, because we're seeing the flesh like that. Now you had some other reasons for drawing it that way, so I'm not saying that your drawing or your thinking was wrong. But that visual and that image I want us to take a look at. I get all of these. I'm going to stick with this one for right now, which is the one that looks kind of like an egg, because I want you to see something. This is just the way that we'll visualize it. And I think it's great that we saw that and saw the different ways that people would handle it. So again, we have a very large ring. And let's, let me ask you this way. Let's not ask who we were or what we have been, but now let me ask you this question. How should we be? Okay? How should we act? And if you ask that question, you might be looking at it a little bit different situation. How should we be? Okay? Jeff, will you help him? Um, so, how should we act? As a spirit, as a spirit, it's kind of like this. If we are a, a spirit, we need to understand that we have the ability, when we live in a spirit reality, okay, 
when we live in a spirit reality, is the spirit going to be handling things that you never have to touch? Is grace going to handle things that you never have to touch? All right? So in other words, I can be walking around in my body, this little circle on the inside, and before I ever get to a, a place, if I'm living in a spiritual reality, solutions start happening before I even get there. You see? So in other words, all of a sudden, I'm, I can be walking around in my body, but because I'm living in a spiritual reality and not a fleshly reality, grace through the Spirit of God is going before me, protecting me, fixing things. Because that's what God wants to do. How about this? In my body, alright, how about this? Sickness. Let's see this little dart from the enemy in the form of sickness tries to come in. Now see, why would that actually reach, hit home, and get us sick? Why, why if we are redeemed, there's some, golly, there's some good teaching, thank you Lord. Why would this fiery dart from the enemy that is not supposed to affect us, that he will quench every fiery dart, no evil shall befall us, why will it actually get to our body and touch our body? Because we're living in the flesh reality and not the spirit reality. Or... We don't know that it operates this way and what's on the outside is our flesh and because of that, there's no protection from spiritual things. Does that make sense? You seeing it differently? Now see, what happens if my body is kept in line and I'm living in a spiritual reality? And I'm, even though I might not see it with my eyes, I know the truth of what's there and what's going on, right? Then all of a sudden what happens is when that fiery dart is shot, it never touches my body because as soon as it hits the spirit, it's quenched. It comes to nothing. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Does this help you see how all of these promises start to line up when we realize... And look, now remember what we're talking about. A spiritual reality versus a flesh reality. Now watch this. Uh, Jim said he used purple as uh, grace uh, one time. And, and he used that. I'm going to use orange because we already used purple. But now, see, we are... Oh, that's not orange. I grabbed the wrong one. Thank you. So... Um, we're living in a time of grace where the goodness and the love of God is dispersed all over the earth. And if people will just come alive to grace, it's there to power, empower them, protect them. So no matter, grace is everywhere. Everywhere. All over the earth, you're going to find grace. And it empowers you and quenches this stuff before you even begin to have to deal with it. See, if it comes up against the Spirit, then it's sort of something you're having to deal with. But what happens in grace is, it doesn't. It, great, does grace live in a spiritual reality or a flesh reality? Spiritual reality. So when we start recognizing the spiritual reality and living in that place, 
Grace handles stuff before it ever even gets to you. You never even have to deal with it in the Spirit because I believe that His grace is working on my behalf. And even if I see the symptoms of something, I know that it's coming to nothing. I know that God's always leading me to triumph. And when I know that, I'm believe, am I believing in a physical truth or a spiritual truth? And now my spirit is handling everything. Every fiery dart, every symptom, every, everything. And it all comes back to, am I living in a spiritual reality or a fleshly reality? You seeing it? You getting a hold of some of this? All right. Now watch. Matthew one twenty. But when he had considered this, this is Joseph was considering what had happened to Mary when she got pregnant out of wedlock. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. The seed that made Jesus flesh was conceived where? Which reality was it? Spiritual reality. How are you conceived? Same way. Spirit. All right, then John chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. When you were born again, which reality were you conceived in, and which reality were you born in? The Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Watch this. Yet now we know Him in this way no longer. Now we don't know him this way. So if I don't know him in the fleshly reality, what is the reality that they know Christ in now? Spirit. And then it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, before now, you were living in the fleshly reality as a body and as a burnout, broken, dead spirit, but then, when you become Christ, you're born in the Spirit, and now you become new, a new creation, new creature in the spiritual realm. So you are conceived in the spiritual realm, you are born in the spiritual realm, and you are now a new creation in the spiritual realm. Let me ask you this. What right do you have to live at all in this realm, in the flesh realm? As a believer and as a spirit being, you, this should be the last place that you're living in. And the reason why we're having so many issues and problems in our life and we're calling it normal when to God it's completely abnormal is because we don't understand the revelation of living in the spirit versus living in the flesh. And we were talking the other day about how happy I would be if I gave you a gold coin that was worth 1200 But what we realize is that gold coin is in the, in the flesh, in the spirit, 
in the flesh realm, in the flesh reality, the physical reality. But what if there was another reality and when you opened that door, it was a room filled full with gold coins? And this, you know, like I said, this is not a gold coin, but it is the color gold. And, um, but, but how happy would we be? Think about it, how happy we would be if we did that. And, and our happiness and how uh, that jolt of joy that we would get from receiving that is evidence of just how deceived we are in this fleshly realm. When if you really realize what was sitting there waiting on you in the Spirit, you'd carry that joy with you all the time, everywhere, because you'd realize that this was nothing. This is, this is the same thing it is in heaven. Pavement. It's the same thing. It means, do you know how much and how easy that is for God to come by? But see, when we pick up the reality of the Spirit, we start to realize this thing is filled with the goodness of God. It's hard for us to imagine what actually is in the spiritual reality. So let me ask you this. Is the spiritual reality that Christ paid for for, for you chock full of the goodness of God? Is there anything in that spiritual reality that we're missing? That we're lacking? No. And is there, I'll go back to it, is there two realities? A fleshly reality and a spiritual reality. Now, see, I can tell you what this is making me want to do over the last couple of weeks. I don't want to do anything that will draw me over into this reality. I want nothing to do with that reality because I know what's in the spiritual reality. All of a sudden, it's like, man, no way do I want to watch that movie, right? No way do I want to listen to that song, you know? That, I, was, I was telling Barrett the other day, I had a song on my heart and, and uh, in my head, and I pulled it up and I was like, oh, man. I was like, I don't need to be listening to this song. I really wanted to. But see, this, this revelation on these two realities is all of a sudden I got reason to not listen to that thing. Whereas before I might have been, yeah, I just want to hear it. It's got a good beat to it. I like it. I love the way it sounds, you know. And I would just listen to it. All of a sudden I realized that every time, listen to this, every time I feed my flesh, it, I locate myself in the fleshly reality instead of the spiritual reality. Anytime I feed my flesh, I think its thoughts. I do what it says instead of what love says. I locate myself in a fleshly reality where there's curse, lack, everything else. And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. Every thought, every action... You know, everything that I do that feeds the flesh puts me in this fleshly physical reality. I want to live here. We got to move into his reality, into God's reality. We got to, we're already there. We got to stay there, locate there. We got to think like we're there. We got to act like we're there. We got to move 
like we're there. See, you've got Christians that don't even know this reality, and then they wonder why things are going bad, because they're, by default, living in a cursed world. Living in a fleshly reality without anything you know, working for them, and they're wondering why. It's because they're living in the flesh and not by the Spirit. In the flesh is death, in the Spirit is life, and life in abundance to the full till it overflows. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, or the law of the flesh, the law in the physical world, but the Spirit gives life. In this reality, life is given. I want to be here. I've got to move here. Romans 8, 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you... But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So he's talking to believers, and he already tells them, you are not in the flesh. In other words, what's he trying to do? He's trying to get them to wake up. This is not your reality anymore. The Spirit is your reality. He's saying, wake up to the fact that you have the ability, now as a child of God, you are no longer bound to this fleshly reality. You are opened up to live in the reality of the Spirit. And in the reality of the Spirit, go on down to Romans 8.32, if he didn't spare his son, how will he not with him freely give us all things? How in the world would he not freely give you all things? If he'd give you Jesus, how would he not? And here's what people go, well, I just don't know how to understand. It's because you're thinking about it in the flesh. If you start seeing things and acting and believing things in the Spirit, you'll start to realize this thing, whereas the flesh may have this kind of layer of goodies in it, this one is brimming at the top and overflowing, the spiritual reality is overflowing with goodies in it. There's nothing lacking in it. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, or excuse me, 4, 15. For all things are for your sake, so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Listen to this speech. All things are for you. So that the grace, which is now spreading to more and more people, are going to cause them to give thanks. Well, they don't just give thanks because nothing's happening. They give thanks because they're being blessed. So in other words, you see the plan here. In the Spirit, grace is given, and it's all there for you. See, are you starting to see how this is so full, and this is so empty? The spiritual reality is so full, and the fleshly one is so empty? Verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man, our fleshly reality, is decaying, Yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Far beyond all comparison. You've heard this verse already before. While we look not, here's part of the plan, while we look not at the things which are seen in the fleshly, reality but the things 
the things which are seen are temporal, but we look at the things which are not seen, the things which are eternal. So we keep our eyes on the spiritual reality, on the truth of who God is, His character, His nature. And we make motions and walk in the reality of the Spirit instead of walking in the reality of the flesh. And when we do that, we connect with the reality of the things that God has. Again, we do this by making sure that we don't feed the flesh. And we don't stop feeding the flesh just so we can have the things in this. We stop feeding the flesh because we love God. See, this is worth doing even if it wasn't full. The spiritual reality is worth doing simply because God kept you out of hell. He loved you, and now it's worth loving Him. But just so happens... He loves us to the point where it's over full and flowing and when you do, you get those things too. So, last little question here. I need, I need a volunteer. Um, Stephen, will you help me? And let's do, let's do a tick mark here. Just put a, put a little mark for every time we talk about something that's in the flesh and put a mark for every time we talk about something that's in the Spirit. Okay? Alright, so which reality did these events happen in? When Adam and Eve were clothed in the glory of God, was it a flesh and physical reality or a spiritual reality? Okay? When Enoch talked with God, now God's a spirit, so if he's talking, it's in the Spirit. Alright, good. And then he was not. Uh, when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. Because when the water went up on edge, that's not physically possible. So where'd that happen? All right. When Elijah was running in front of the chariots. When, uh, uh, that was Elijah. When Elisha took the oil and multiplied it with the, with, with the widow. When Elisha prays and his servant scared and he says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the horses and chariots were all around the mountain. When, when Jesus turned water into wine. When Jesus was walking on the water. Calming the sea. Casting out devils. Raising the dead. When Paul was bit by the snake and shook it off. When John was boiled in oil and yet didn't die. All of those. Every miracle. All right, you want to see the power of God? Wake up to the spiritual reality and walk in the Spirit. Every miracle and every supernatural release of the power of God happened in what reality? The Spirit. How important is it for us to wake up to who we really are and walk in the Spirit? Which reality are we designed to live in all the time? The Spirit. Ephesians 4.22-24 says, That in reference to your former manner of life, what was our former manner of life? The fleshly reality. In reference to that, you are supposed to lay aside your old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, that you be renewed 
in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. So in order to walk in a spiritual reality, one of the things that we do is we put the old self down and we walk in the newness of life that we are created in, in the Spirit. The more you put down the flesh, the more you walk in the reality of the Spirit. The more you see God is moving in grace all around right now. He is, this is, even though I can see it with fleshly eyes, this is a spiritual world. This is a spiritual reality. And when I wake up to that and start viewing things through eyes of the Spirit, then all of a sudden the things of the Spirit can start to work in my life. Because what I'm doing is I'm denying the fleshly reality and I'm awakening to that spiritual one. Now we were supposed to awaken as soon as we were born again and essentially we were given all the tools to do it, but the habits of a mind that needs to be renewed by the Spirit and put down the mind then makes a renewed mind makes the decision to keep that flesh in control okay and as we do that and open up our mind to the spirit and and connect our spirit with God we can walk in a spiritual reality like you were designed to do even back in the garden because that's what we're redeemed to amen you get something out of it? Good. Lord, Father, I just ask you right now that you would open our eyes to see the reality of you like we never have before. Lord, let us see the reality of the Spirit. Let us walk in the spiritual reality. Let us put away the fleshly reality, the physical reality. Put away the old self and put on the new self. Created as a new creation in righteousness and holiness. And Lord, let your will be done on this earth as it is in your spirit. Father, we praise you and we thank you for it. Thank you, thank you for opening our eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great night.